Equinox, and then I'll oh, talk to you about... Okay. Well, I can talk to you about Downhill Alternative. We don't have to talk about the male teacher thing. I was thinking we should talk about that. Oh, yay! I was thinking that would be a separate podcast, but maybe we can just incorporate it. Let's just see how if it comes up or not. Okay. Well, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Equinox, yeah. That was... Yeah. How did you feel about Equinox? Um, so, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it sounded amazing. Like, it looks amazing. Yeah, it didn't really need to sell us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing... It sounds great. Um, I didn't... Yeah, I didn't realize that they were out school all the time. So, that was... Like, 90% of the time. Yeah. So, that was pretty amazing. I love the reaction that I get when I tell people that, like, it's outdoor kindergarten. They're like, like, all day, all year. I'm like, yeah. And and if you heard the teacher say, she said, they give you orientation on like what clothes to dress your kids in because they don't, they believe there are no bad weather days. There are only bad clothing days. And I was like, I love that. And I feel like it's the same reaction as when, like when you're pregnant and you're like, and people are like, what's the gender of your baby? And you're like, oh, I'm not finding out. And people are like, (coughs) what? (laughs) And I feel like it's that all over again where it's like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm going to send my kid to outdoor kindergarten. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, people just don't get it. They don't get it and they don't appreciate the fact that, like, there's, like, they don't need to be inside I know. all the time. And it even pushes my be. boundaries. Like, I, I was a little apprehensive about that, but then I'm yeah. just like, this is amazing, but yeah. it's not what I'm used to. I know, and I think that, like, it's it will be like it'll be that consistent like oh even even today like today it's minus 14 out and it's like they would be outside like they would be figuring they might out. not be outside on this day it might be for I don't they know. would be for a bit but i don't yeah. think they'd be for the whole day there is a point when your skin freezes oh. like this wouldn't be possible in winnipeg <laughs> <laughs> right maybe there is a temperature i don't know but. yeah but we actually get warnings in Winnipeg where it's like it's your skin will freeze in two minutes. So, oh. whereas I've never had that warning here. No, so no, I don't know. About so that maybe they're be okay. And then you can't even go outside for recess. Right. Yeah. But whatever. That's that's beside it. So I think it sounds amazing. And even like the older grades, I was really liked the fact that all the rooms fed into that big space. Yeah. Like I liked that it. Um. It felt really, like, homey. Yeah, it did. And, like, community, like... Yeah. It's, I like how she was also saying that the kids kind of watch over each other. Like, the older kids mm-hmm. know the younger kids. Mm-hmm. And the one... Um, I like the JK and SK were combined, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. That seems to be more normal, though. Is I'm it? starting to see that. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. when at Downtown Alternative, it was also... Um, it was a giant room... Um, that's JKSK, and the thing that was cool about Downtown Alternative was that in their JK room, there's like a giant house, like there's a house wow. inside, and so like literally all the kids were in there, and there's like it's like a little kitchen set up and stuff, and windows like looking out, and Ed was actually saying that he was really impressed that while there was like probably ten kids inside this house, <coughs> they weren't fighting. Wow. And kids, like, ten kids really just from the open house too. Yeah, like, like random stranger kids. They don't know each other. Um, uh, but there was like enough for them, enough space that they could like still be like beside you. Like, like there were kids like crossing over, but there was no conflict. And then there was like another area where there's like a boat in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So lots of like dramatic play. And then they also take the kids skating once a week. Wow. 
So there's definitely pros and like I mean I see pros to both. Yeah, schools. I don't really see. Cons but the alternative is not outdoor. No, but. downtown alternative isn't an outdoor classroom. No, but actually their playground is kind of skimpy. Hmm. Um, do they do field trips and stuff? I think that's where why they do the skating yeah. and stuff too. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. So then we were talking about it, like all of us in the house after, and yeah. um, Bronwyn just talked about how the like it's not diverse, like not even just in terms of, like socioeconomically, it's not diverse, right. and so mm. it's like it really is like economically the elite. upper middle yeah. whatever elite or whatever, yeah. and and I think like for them that's important and I think that mm. is important for us too I don't know if that would push me out of it but I think we should all still apply yeah. the likelihood of us all getting I in know. is like nil <laughs> yeah totally that but was the other thing was like the ratios of getting in it's like 13 to 400 I know and is then, that how many applications they get uh-huh mm. and then downtown alternative is like 20 to 80 Oh wow! Like they, it's like twenty spots, and they get eighty applications for like the whole school. Wow. Okay. Um, One so. of the other, so that's a pretty big con, though. To like, yeah. I mean, I, I feel mean, like you're just doing an application to like, it's like entering the lottery. Yeah. So if you do it because you don't want to be the one who didn't get in because you didn't even try. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, especially given like most of his friends, like both Jackson Asher's friends are like of that group so yeah. you know yeah and then the other thing is like and I didn't think of this but they brought up like the it's the same kids for like you know a few changes right. but for like eight years which is true I think of most schools I don't know I mean it definitely wasn't in ours like we in when I was growing up we had like multiple eight different classes. classes so we were always mixing it was the same you know 80 100 kids or whatever but yeah we were always mixing it up I don't like, I guess it depends on the size of school, but yeah, for sure at Equinox it's the same twenty kids just like accelerating yeah. up until you're It is a good question though. Like I should find out for Leslieville, like how many JKs do they have? Because that's they might have pretty two two or three. Right. So then that's pretty much the same. Yeah. Although so it was interesting because the our encatchment school um is Lord Dufferin and so People are always like, like people in my building, so obviously socioeconomic status, but like, are like, no, we can't, like, downtown, like, Lord Dufferin is a terrible school. And so the other day I was like, why does everyone think Lord Dufferin is such a terrible school? And so this one woman was saying to me, she's like, well, all the kids from social housing go there. And I was like, okay, this is not a problem for me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and, um, and it's like a mostly ESL school because a lot of kids are newcomers and they're like, so they spend a lot of time like learning English and about Canada. And I'm like, also Great. not a problem for me. <laughs> um, and then they also said, oh, like the EQA scores are low. And I was like, also not a problem for me. And so I was actually looking at the school, like the map yesterday and actually all the schools in Regent Park. So they grade, they like rank them um on a scale of 10 and then they're in color bands based on that so like the top schools are green then the next schools are sort of like this is for all of tsb yeah all of tsb yeah yeah. then like orange and then red all the schools in regent park are all orange so like it almost and so i was like what does this tell you about the city like if economic status 
is indicative of like bad school or like lower ranking schools I was like then it doesn't really matter yeah what if you're in that region yeah exactly and so I was just like I actually like I'm not opposed to him going to Lord Dufferin at all it's also a model schools for inner cities which I know means that they get extra programming yeah because they're trying to improve scores and ratings and all of these I don't know much about the scores but the way, but I know Leslieville is like at the bottom, mm. and someone was telling my mom this. And mm. They're like, "Oh, I don't think we want to go to Leslieville because it's the bottom." And I'm just like, "You know what? If like, it's all pretty shitty." Yeah. So like, if you're the bottom of like a shitty pile, mm-hmm. what is the top of the shitty pile? Yeah. Like, who cares? Like these numbers, like, yeah. what's the difference between them? And I just don't feel like yeah. it's a meaningful difference. No. So especially when like. It's so true that, like, the socioeconomic status that they would be exposed to and cultural diversity and, like, just any kind of diversity is not going to come... It's not going to come from the alternative schools. Yeah. I mean, there's there's other reasons why. I'm just going to look up the window. Yeah. Alternative schools. What's up, Jet? It's just... I think it's just... Not leaving. Oh. Let's make sure. Oh, the washer guy. Yeah. yeah. Washer person. I don't know if it's a guy. Um, yeah, and you know, I like the idea that it seems like there's a community, and so even if it is like the same people, there's actually quite a few because there'd be eight classes or nine classes or whatever, you know? So, like, yeah. there's like exposure to the older kids and stuff. Yeah, and it seems like, I mean, at Dental Alternative, they also talked about like that there's pairing from like the older to the younger. So, like, the older kids actually like play with the younger kids at recess and stuff. Um, Dalton Alternative also has like an arts and music mm-hmm. focus. So like one of the rooms we went into, the walls are like all ukuleles and all guitars. Uh-huh. So and Jackson would like like beeline for the ukulele yeah. and really wanted to. So we mm-hmm. definitely noticed he's a musical. Like he's very interested when someone plays like musical instruments. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I feel like, I don't know, there's benefits to the public school, but also to the benefits of public school are mostly not educational. I think it's like yeah. the social structure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing with the newcomers, um, there's research, have we talked about this? There's research where the more newcomers there are in a school, the is associated with lower bullying rates. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the rationale seems to be that they seem to take care of each other. Like, they come from, mm. like, similar, mm. you know, whatever. They've become an immigrant, and so mm. it's similar experiences. Mm. And then they have this, like, community of taking care of, as opposed to, like, the mm. pitting each other against mm. each other, or someone against each other. So they're not, there's not as much bullying. There also someone shared research with me recently that was like kids from lower um, socioeconomic and and like adversity situations are if they're given the same opportunities as kids from high socioeconomic status, they're actually four times more likely to be innovative. So like in some ways I'm like actually he would be with kids who are like actually more prone to innovation. Yeah. Um, that might have come from an episode on The Current. Or um, I don't know if it was The Current actually. It was on CBC. There was someone, I caught the end of it, but it was some person. I don't know if he's in the States or here, mm-hmm. but he was starting this like innovation fund and it was 
I think it was in the States and they're trying to like give kids, um, like they'd have like whatever, depending on their socioeconomic status up to $50,000 when they turned either 18 or 25 or whatever, mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out the logistics of mm-hmm. it. And it was for, um, like innovation or school or starting a business basically. Mm. Um, and then the, and that came, that, I think something like that came up in the interview, so it might have mm. been from that, which is actually really cool. I should send it to you. Yeah. Um, it was anyway. It's kind of it's controversial because they're like, well, why don't you just give them the money to help them when they're younger? Younger, and he's like, it's not about that. It's about mm-hmm. like having an incentive, and you know, it's about the the future, not the current. Like other people are addressing that, we're addressing this. Mm. That's interesting. Like we, I was, I participated in this workshop in Jane and Finch where it was like, um, like it was a, like it was for young people who are like starting businesses. And one of the activities was like, okay, well, where are you going currently for support? And it was like, there's no support, like organizations that used to exist that no longer exist or the organizations that they are going to for support are not in the neighborhood. Um, ones that are, near-ish like York is the nearest academic institution but all the youth were like oh I don't really like the idea of going there like oh so it's like they don't have the same access to programming even though they want to start businesses and they want to like do entrepreneurial things and they're like or the programs that are available have like so many hoops that they're like I don't even know like you have to be unemployed but you have to have been unemployed for like three years and yeah. not be in school and not do this and not do this which like society is always telling you not to do all those things right and so to gain access to the funding you have to have like not like it's just like and basically have no confidence and probably be like right and so you probably don't want to start a business at right. that time and like uh, and then yeah. likely fail and yeah 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 I think it's you know, trying to figure out what is best for each kid, too. Like, I really yeah. think... I really can't imagine Asher doing well in the traditional system. Mm. I mean, I really don't think... I don't think I did well. I mean, I didn't. Like, who am I kidding? I I didn't. I didn't start doing well until I got to university, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I survived and I had a good social experience. But, like, academically, I didn't yeah. learn anything or do anything. You know, Mike did. Mike did okay. He was a pretty good student, but like, I don't think that he was thriving. Yeah. In those environments, and I don't think most like some people do thrive in a very studious, base like you know academic environment. But I don't think that's going to be Asher. Like, well, and I also struggle. Like, the kids who are doing well are often the ones who like when I go in for a conversation <laughs> about like creative thinking or um like how to solve a problem it's like they already think the answers have been set in stone like they don't actually they can't see a way that someone else hasn't already made that decision like when when we did brainstorming around like where does learning happen they're like well on field trips it's like okay so where can you go for field trips like oh we can't decide that because someone (laughs) at the ministry has already decided that they're like i was like okay so what are the examples and they're like well like you could go to the rom but like you couldn't go to the dump and I was like, can you not learn at the dump? It's like, well, no, it's not that you can't learn at the dump. It's that the ministry wouldn't let you go. And right. it's like, the which is that, true, but that's yeah, not but the, the point. fact that they're having a conversation about the ministry, right? Uh, deciding anything when they're like 
brain sevens so blinded yeah it's like someone else has told you that you can't do stuff like that's they've they've prescribed to like the school structure of like well we don't get to make decisions someone else makes decisions for us which is fine i mean maybe those i mean those people have a different role like maybe they are the one that upholds the rules and they keep like um, organization and all that, which is necessary. Yeah. And then there's the other shit disturbers. Yeah. There's the rest of society that needs to be like entrepreneurial and innovative and yeah, critical. Yeah. So I think I don't know. I think the system should allow for all these different learning styles. Yeah. Which is great. It's unfortunate that there's no space. So I was telling my mom all about this, and yeah. she's like, why don't you guys start your own school? And I'm yeah, like, I know. I know. Like, if we had thought of it, or if we had actually acted on this, like, ten years ago, <laughs> we'd have a school by now. And... But really, we talked about this. We don't want to start a school. I know. But... We'd be stuck. I know, but... What would it take? <laughs> oh, my God. Is this just because you quit Ultimate, and now you want to start a school? No, I've obviously wanted no. to start a school for a very long time in no, different capacities. But now you think you have time. I don't think I have time and I don't want to. No. Logistically, I don't want to. I just wish there were more schools. Yeah. It is really frustrating that like the schools that we are drawn to have limited spaces and that brings into question a lot like what's going on with the rest of the school board. If I know. And then part of me does think like someone needs to start these and I'm like... We Someone need have... to sacrifice. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, we do have the capacity. Like, you and I have the capacity. We could do this. I'm not saying we have the time, <laughs> but we have the, like, we have the desire, the passion, the ability. Like, yeah. we start shit. Like, you know, I think we have the right set of experiences, whatever. I think we, if, if, if anyone was going to do it. Yeah, like, we could. Like, yeah. But... Do we want to? And I don't, honestly, I don't think I have the energy to do it anyway, but I wish I did. Yeah. I think that my, like, challenge with it is, like, if we were to do it, you obviously, we want to do it in time for our own kids. And it's like, does the system actually allow for a school to be created in the next two years? Mm. That's what I thought you could answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could do a private homeschool and get it done, but... True. But we've talked about this in terms of like private homeschool is like even more reducing their social circle. Totally, totally. Unless no, unless you did like a lot of like field trips and Yeah. I mean if you did the programming right. But then it's elitist because people are gonna pay to get there and I you know, so I think it would be great if you could work within the system, which you and I have trouble with. Right. But that probably would be ideal because Okay, well then go do some homework. No. (laughs) Okay, so then we're still at the conclusion of no school. I know, I just like thinking about it. I know. Why why don't we start a summer school? Okay. Ooh, I like that idea. So we know that they don't go to school during the year, and we know that there's so much learning loss in the summer. We have to figure out camp for them anyway. Like, you have to figure out something. So you could do, like, we could all take summer sabbaticals and do summer school. Right. Well, we could start by just having, like, a one-week camp. Yeah. But we're not the ones, like, we're just going to do programming for it, right? Sure. Like, we'll hire someone else. Sure. To, like, and we can go. But yeah. like. To take care of our kids, you mean? Well, to, to be, yeah. 
<laughs> Basically. Yeah. We yeah, could we do, could that. do that. Yeah. I mean, we could probably find people. For sure. If you're only talking about a week. I know. Maybe that is the way to do anything is to start small. Of course. <laughs> Lean prototype. Yeah. Start small. Or we focus on home. Yeah. What they're learning at home. I mean both. It's not like they're either or. Home <coughs> is happening all the time. And the summer happens in the summer. <laughs> I know. It's true. I was thinking about our like documenting of learning and stuff and I'm yeah. like haven't done documented one thing since the last time we talked. It's like no, I, know. I I need either this is unrealistic and no one's going to do it. Or we need a really simple tool that yeah. parents can use to document because I saw I don't know what I need. Someone the other day just had this like it's for like she runs an efficiency company, um, but she just has like these little like notebooks that she's printed out that are like my learnings and all it says was like the date yeah. and then like lists yeah like that was literally all it was and it was printed in like a notebook interesting. Um, and then I was like, okay, so if we were just to like layer a couple of check marks over it, I was like, even if at the end of, if at the end of a year, I knew that like, what kind of learner Jackson yeah. was, like if he was more of a visual or if he was more of an auditory or, um, reading, writing, I mean, he can't read or write right now, but, um, or kinesthetic, like even yeah. if I like that as a check mark, and then, and then you can like decide how much information you add to it. But like, I think that's been the most valuable thing for me, without even documenting it, but just like observing. Yeah, is what kind of learner is Asher? Yeah, and that I think helps me decide what to put him in and what kind of activities and how yeah. to build those strengths or to improve weaknesses or whatever. Yeah, um, and then just like try to create the best experience possible for him as he learns through life so I think that makes the most sense like something simple yeah on on how they learn because that I didn't think that that's not captured yeah right it's the the what they're learning is captured yeah yeah it's not how they're learning and that's what we're interested in right it's not the what like there's no like even like potty training yeah right like it is it is a multiple month journey of learning something and ultimately he learns how to like go to the bathroom by himself but getting there like every single time we have to like remind him of something or ask him or he figures something out or he has an accident or like every single step of that there are different ways to help him ultimately get to the point of like going to the bathroom right and so I think even like it's like that seems like like in a tra- traditional assessment, it's like, did you or did you not? Yeah, or when learn. did you learn it? Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, there's some marker of time that you're supposed to have done it by. And it's like, but how does that help me help him learn? I know. Because he still has to learn it. Yeah. And as like a resource, like if I, like how can I apply that? Like if I, if I sort of have started tracking how Asher learns, then then that can help me when you get into different scenarios, you know? Right. So we've, for example, been focusing on the toilet as opposed to a potty because it yeah. felt like he 
wanted to do what we did. Yeah. And so that seemed like a better way for him that would appeal to his learning style. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like breaking it down into steps for him. Mm-hmm. Like he seems to get frustrated if he can't do something, leaves it, or he does it. Like there's kind yeah, of yeah. not really an in-between. <laughs> and so the like training wheels of anything Right, like you're just modeling work. instead and then he's sh- – it's like kinesthetic, right? He's yeah. just looking at the the actions of it as opposed – like it's like when I learned how to drive a car and the first instructor I had was like, turn the quarter three-eighths of the wheel. And I was like – Oh, my God. I have no idea what three-eighths looks like. And now I'm like just turning the wheel and now you're yelling at me and like I just – I can't handle driving that. That's <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> Oh. And I just was like, not doing it. And then I quit for a while. Yeah. And then I went back with like a teacher who was like super laid back and was like, yeah, just do it. Like the car, like the car will move and stop when it like, it'll turn it, you'll turn the wheel and then the car will move. Like it was like, right. Which is so your learning style. Like, <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Like feel it out. Yeah. Or even the other day, my mom. Iterate. <laughs> yeah. Iterate. Learn. Um, he was like, it's fine. I have a break. I'll stop right. us from dying. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. great. Yeah, he was a totally, totally different teacher. And like, even the other day, my mom, my mom is teaching Emily and I how to sew, and so she printed out like these little worksheets, and we're like, and she's like, like teaching us how to like sew on paper and stuff, which Emily found really, really rewarding. And I was like, I just want to like get to the actual project. Like, yeah. let's just get to it. And so she was trying to teach us about, like, <coughs> tensions, and she's like, you know, you have to change the tension, and I was like, so what happens if the tension is wrong? She's like, well, then it doesn't sew properly. I was like, well, what does that look like? Right. And I was like, can, like, let's do a fail, like, let's do a failure one. And she's like, why would you do a failure one? And I was like, so I can see what failure looks like. And she was like, you don't need to see what failure looks like. You just need to, like, do the tension for what I tell you. And I was like, but then what, when you're not there, how will I know that I failed if I don't see failure? And I had to talk her into letting me see failure. So funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, like, the worst that happens is you sew something and you have to redo it. Like, it's, it's really interesting, like, watching our three learning styles. Totally, yeah. Try and learn something. And I was, like, grateful that Emily was there because... <laughs> so, to witness that? Well, just also to, <laughs> to like... Buffer. To buffer. <laughs> I feel like it could have arose into a much bigger argument That's otherwise. so funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I still want to get some kind of like thing. I need something to help facilitate this like capturing of how. Because it's all in my head still. Well, okay. So walk me through how like Asher is doing something. What would you do? Well, even like, so we're, we're teaching him how to skate. Like we're teaching him skating. Mm-hmm. And it was a total like classic. Like he, we put the skates on. We got there and mm-hmm. like in the clubhouse and everyone's putting their skates on and he loved it. Like he's mm-hmm. totally quiet, but he's just like, watching everyone like mm-hmm. he's such an observer mm-hmm. he has to see it when he was like playing basketball with Mike before like he would sit there and watch the kids going back and forth and then he would make Mike throw the basketball or my mom like they have to throw it over and over again because he just needs to watch it mm. so we went skating and he starts off just watching everyone in the clubhouse and then I take him for a little bit and then he's like no 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 I'm gonna sit on the on there and so he sits there and Mike doesn't have skates so I go and then I'm like okay watch me so I go for a skate 
and he comes back and he's like jumping and so excited and like he didn't do anything he just watched me skate right so then I take him for like a round and then he's like okay sit sit so he wants to sit and he's like mama skate and so he goes and gets me to skate so like I spent most of the time skating and him watching and he loved it mm. but he's also a very physical kid so I know yeah. he's not gonna just sit on the sidelines forever yeah he's waiting till he figures it out to the point where then he's like okay now my turn yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like building that confidence and getting into it. It's funny because like when the first time we took Jackson out to make snow angels, it was like trying to explain to, like how do you explain how to make a snow angel to someone right. who's never done one or seen one before? And also we weren't gonna show him because we didn't have snow pants on. Yeah. So then we're like. So then we, like, pulled one up on, like, YouTube, and, like, he watched <laughs> right. like, do snow angels, and then he, like, and then he did it. Yeah. So then he lay down. And Why didn't you guys just do it? Because <laughs> we didn't want to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The whole time I was like, this would be much better if we just had snow pants. Yeah. Or if we just got wet. Oh, because you're outside, so you just pulled up on your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We were outside already. Because we are out in the snow. Right, yeah. Um... And he and he has a book that's about I Love Winter, and they talk about snow angels. So he like knows about snow angels, yeah. but he had never been through the like <laughs> mechanics of making a snow angel. And so it was funny because he practiced making snow angels. Like so, he's pretty good from like what he watched like two or three videos, and then like instantly went to trying. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of like the hard part of like lying down and then when you get up not ruining the snow angel so it was just like that practice a lot right um and so he made a whole bunch and then was like okay i'm done yeah (laughs) like that wasn't that interesting to me but right yeah yeah it is interesting to see that yeah yeah i think asher is definitely an observer um he's not a good he's not a trial and error person until he see he has to see it Mm. And then he models a lot. Mm. He copies what other people are doing. Mm. And I think he can do a pretty good job at copying. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess I need to, like, with things like, yeah, just incorporating that. So anything I, I'm i teaching him, if I believe that that's true, that that's how he learns, yeah. then we do have to incorporate that. And we did that with... Like, the potty training, like, getting him to watch a lot, which is pretty common, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. I mean, kids are good modelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, I mean, I think some kids just, they do just, like, create things differently or... Yeah, I mean, I think there's different versions of mimicry and yeah. also different things that they'll want to mimic and other things they don't want to mimic, right? Like, yeah. Jackson really likes sweeping, but it's not like I sweep all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kids do like sweeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, I've been thinking about this in relation to like neuropsychoideology yes. too, because my, I don't know if I, how much yeah, I've told you about this, but like, you know, my, my book really like didn't come out the way that I originally wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Like it really was more of like a pattern analysis. Like the original idea is like, awareness of your own patterns and behaviors and how they can repeat and you sort of learn about yourself in the process. My second book was, the idea was always going to be to document this for my child Mm -hmm. and then be able to like have all this background that I didn't have access to anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know. I mean, I can ask my parents, but they don't really remember Mm -hmm. to the same degree. We didn't think about things back then. We Mm -hmm. didn't have the ability to document it. And so... Um, I've just sort of been thinking about like 
really watching his patterns and how they change depending on like the developmental stage he's in. Mm-hmm. Like he's like even since he was a baby, like I don't know if you remember, but his eyes were always so wide. Like he would never blink. Mm. He was just like literally like eyes wide open and people would no- comment on him all the time. They're like like that baby's really like observant, alert, yeah. alert and aware. Like yeah. they would say like he's very aware for like his age or whatever. Well, and the fact that he like walked before he crawled. Exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. he was like always like watching and like even now his little eyes are like just like yeah. they're yeah. always looking like even when he's breastfeeding they're like always looking around and I'm like it's the same eyes that I saw when he was a baby yeah and they're just looking around the world and and trying to find things that he can yeah do um and so you know back then I couldn't tell what that was going to manifest as mm-hmm. but now I can see it it's like it's like there's something about the visual like I think he is a visual learner which mm-hmm. Mike is mm-hmm. like Mike is so visual mm-hmm. I don't think I am, but I mean I'm a observer of human behavior, so right, yeah, maybe in that capacity, but but not maybe in your learning, like yeah, like if you're gonna learn a new task, how would you do you want it described to you? I think generally I want to know the why, yeah, and then trial and error, yeah. So th- why why am I doing this, and then I'll I'll figure yeah. it out. Or even at the base, it's just like, why? Why am I doing this? And then I get... Like, what's the purpose? Yeah. And then I get how to get from A to B. So why... The why? What kind of learner is that? I don't know. It's not in, like, the typical... Yeah. You know what it would be? Um, Potentially, like, self-reflective, like, intrapersonal. I also think, like, I learned through my own experience... Mm-hmm. Um, and through experiences with others. So yeah. one of them of like gardeners, Howard Gardner's is like intrapersonal and um, interpersonal. And I think that those, I'm high on those ones. Mm. So I learned through my relationships with other people and through my own self-reflection of myself. So my own awareness. Yeah, like I guess I'm wondering like what, is there a learning style theory that we would at least see as like a template of like how we could document yeah. and then that way you can I mean it might be like they're outliers or whatever but I think I like the model the like kinesthetic yeah um, naturalistic is another one on that so oh. it's like learning through nature um I that's not me at all but yeah. I think a lot of people could apply how, how that. is that like, different than like kinesthetic um so it's not like kinesthetic is really like your own body moving through space yeah. and like trial it's more like your body trying it yeah. out um, and being and also being your body being really smart like knowing how to use your body and then being able to use that to learn things whereas naturalistic I think it's really gaining wisdom from like the natural processes like seeing how the how the nature works mm-hmm. like seeing change and being outside um, like yeah just being connected to to the like the earth it sounds kind of like earthy and I I think it is but not in that sort of hippie way but just like literally using the wisdom of the natural world yeah to understand figure out how that works in like an everyday task um that's a good question I mean maybe it's hard because we aren't that type of learner so I can't because we're not really in natural settings all that often like other than like yeah. playgrounds which is not arguably no, not a natural but even just like watching uh 
I, I think it's also just like having it's intelligence too it's not just like learning styles yeah like they're both but like having a natural understanding of the world mm. and like the cycles like mm. nature um how things are connected like the I feel like the cosmos could be in that and everything is that like also related to like mood based on like moon cycles or yeah, something like that probably. possibly yeah I don't know that that would nor- normally be considered but yeah it could be, yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's, like, value in, like, especially if what we acknowledge is that, like, our kids are really, really good at one style. Like, so if, if Asher's really, really visual, I don't know even what I would classify Jackson as at this point. But, like, then it's, but it's also, like, <coughs> rounding out those experiences, right? Yeah. So, like, exposing Asher to visual ways to do, but, like, auditory at the same time. Yeah. And then, like, and kinesthetic at the same time, so that, like, he's actually honing those other skills, so that, because we know that as much as we think the school systems should ultimately reflect or cater to a child's learning styles, we know that that's also not true. So, like, how could we teach him strategies of, like, if if someone's not providing you a visual, how do do you... Like, how do you navigate or that? how do you create a visual from a non-visual like yeah like how do you visualize things while someone's talking or how do you um like yeah which to me it just sounds like focusing on that strength but then using that to draw out yeah um the weaknesses or to overcome those weaknesses but it's still strength based yeah 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 because like I know like I'm an, like even when you're talking about your book I arguably have obviously not read your book but I think if you did an audiobook, I probably would have listened to it. I know. I've thought about that. So if you just want to, like, read your book to me and record it, that would be great. I couldn't just read it. I would start inserting extra comments on it. No, that's not how an audiobook works. I know. <laughs> so I'd have to pay someone else to do it. Oh, okay. Like, just to read it. You should get your mom to do it. Yeah. Your mom has a really good audio voice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Hmm. And then you could do like an author's version, like a director's cut. Right. Where you do add commentary. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's 38 minutes. I think we should stop this one. Okay.